Hello, welcome to our health hub for newcomers and our series of podcasts where we discuss topics related to health and wellness in various languages. We represent the Alberta International Medical Graduates Association, known as AIMGA. AIMGA is a nonprofit organization dedicated to the successful integration of international medical graduates into the Canadian healthcare system. We have a health and wellness team that is working in community to educate newcomers regarding various topics, supports, and services available, and how to access these supports so that we become more knowledgeable about our health and lead healthy, productive lives. So let's get started. I'm Lynn, a physician from the Philippines, and today I have Serena. Hello, I am Serena, a physician from Nigeria. Hello, Lynn. How are you today? Well, I'm doing well, thank you. And how about you? I'm doing great. And I am so happy that 2020 is behind us and wishing for peace, happiness, good health, and financial stability for everyone. 2021 is definitely going to be a better year with the vaccine rollout. Yes, and 2020 will always be remembered for COVID-19 pandemic. And we brought the vaccine in 2021, which is remarkable, really. Yes, it's quite wonderful that thousands have been vaccinated so far. And the efficacy reported by both Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna, the two manufacturers who have Canada health approval, is well over 90%. Right. And while Canada is making sure that the vaccine procurement is done in a smooth and orderly fashion, the plan is to ensure that most Canadians will start getting vaccinated by fall this year. I was just going to say that planning to vaccinate all eligible persons in Canada must be a logistical challenge. The education and resources needed for this is exponential. That's right. It's a bit complex. The plan, as we've heard, is to do it in three phases. Phase one has been further divided to make it easier into an early phase one, a phase one A, and a phase one B. They have started the early part of phase one in December. That's December 2020, which has focused on acute care settings, settings with the highest COVID-19 capacity concerns, so that the the frontline healthcare workers in the ICU, the respiratory um, therapies, and staff at the long-term care, and also the designated supported living facilities. Phase 1A, we continue to focus on frontline healthcare workers and staff, home care workers, healthcare workers in emergency departments, COVID unit staff, and medical and surgical unit staff. Whereas the phase 1B will include seniors 75 years of age and over, no matter where they live, the First Nations, the Métis, and persons 65 years of age and over living in the First Nations community or a Métis settlement. Obviously, the priority is being given to populations at risk in phase one of vaccination plan. Do you have any information when the general population will be vaccinated? 
That's a very important question. Plans to identify the group for phase two is underway, and this is expected to run from April to September 2021. It's expected that most Canadians will start getting vaccinated by September this year. Okay, and I know that the federal government is responsible for supplying the COVID-19 vaccine, while Alberta Health is responsible for vaccine policy and allocation of the vaccine. Alberta Health Services is responsible for administrating the COVID-19 vaccine as part of the Provincial Immunization Program. You are right. And this is important for most of us to know and understand that there is a process for this massive vaccination of the general public. I know people are quite anxious and they want to know how and when they will receive the vaccine. We know many people are anxious to be immunized for COVID-19, including those who are considered higher risk or have other underlying health conditions. At this time, there are no wait lists to join or applications for early immunization considerations. So we need to continue to follow all public health guidelines to protect ourselves and others from COVID-19. Many people are actually questioning the safety and efficacy of COVID-19 vaccines. What do you say about that, Serena? I think that's a genuine concern. And, you know, Canada is recognized around the world for high standards for vaccine review, approvals, and monitoring systems. Only vaccines that are safe and effective will be approved for use in Canada. And after the vaccine is approved for use, evidence on safety and effectiveness is reviewed by the National Advisory Committee on Immunization, who will in turn provide recommendations on immunizations for individuals and for public health programs. Both the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine have proven safe. I really think it's important for our listeners to understand how these vaccines work. Can you explain more about this? Sure. Both the Pfizer, BioNTech, and the Moderna vaccines are what we call the messenger RNA vaccines. What this simply means is that the vaccines contain the genetic instructions for making a protein that is found on the surface of the vaccine that causes COVID-19. This, it uses our own cells to make this protein and triggers our immune system to make antibodies against the virus. Then if the real virus you know, enters our body in the future, these antibodies will help fight the infection. So please remember that the messenger RNA vaccines do not contain the virus, so it cannot give someone COVID-19. I think that's really important, especially for those who may think that the vaccines contain a bit of a live virus. But these vaccines, they don't. And I think this reduces any concerns about getting the disease after the vaccine. Let's talk more about the immunity um, with COVID-19 vaccine. How long does it take? Yeah, for the vaccine to work, like for the, for example, the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, for it to work best, you need to get the two doses. This is divided into the first single dose and then a second dose, which is given 21 to 28 days later. You need to receive both doses. 
to, to get the full benefits of immunization and would not be, no, no one will be considered protected until at least seven days after the second dose. And if perchance you miss the second dose of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, you should get it as soon as possible. While there may be some protection provided by a single dose of the COVID-19 vaccine, full protection requires the completion of the recommended doses. I see. And what about the side effects? Okay, that is a good question. In general, there are the common side effects, including pain at the injections, um, the site of the injection, body chills, headache, feeling tired, and feeling feverish. These side effects are usually very mild or moderate and resolve within a few days of vaccination. As with all vaccines, there is also a chance of an allergic reaction that can be treated by the healthcare provider who delivered the vaccine. People with known allergies to any of the vaccine's ingredients should postpone immunization for the time being. Okay. Um, and who should not be given the COVID-19 vaccine? Okay, so um, the vaccine should not be given to those who have had a severe allergic reaction to any of the vaccine ingredients. Also, this vaccine is not recommended for individuals who are pregnant, breastfeeding, immunosuppressed, or who have an autoimmune disorder at this point. This is not to say that the vaccine is not safe, but these populations have not been included in the vaccine clinical trials to date. And so the safety and efficacy of the vaccine in this population is not known at this point. It should be noted also that the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine has been authorized for ages 16 and up, whereas the Moderna vaccine is currently authorized for ages 18 and up. Okay, so it's been reported that clinical trials are underway to include more children to test the vaccine's uh, efficacy and the adverse uh, effects. So we hope that the vaccine will soon be approved for younger children. Absolutely. Even though it's well known that COVID-19 has affected the elderly population and individuals with certain health conditions such as heart disease and diabetes compared to the younger population, Parents are concerned about sending their kids to daycare and schools. Okay. And then there's more questions about the COVID-19 vaccine. Can we go more over this? Okay, absolutely. Let's do that. So, okay. so we have some reports in the news about the gap between the first and then the second dose of the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, can you tell us more about this? Sure. As vaccines were being launched, the initial reports were stating, were stating the second dose should be provided 21 days after the first dose. However, there have been some changes to this. As announced by the government of Alberta, Alberta will be offering second doses of the COVID-19 vaccine within 42 days after the first dose. This aligns with the approach recommended by the National Adversary Committee on Immunization and the World Health Organization's statements on vaccines for COVID-19. However, for residents of long-term um, care and designated supportive living facilities, 
AHS would continue to offer immunization three to four weeks after the first dose. There are people who actually have concerns about the safety of immunization. What should we tell them? Yeah, we should tell them that immunization is the single most effective means of protecting yourself, your loved ones, and the greater community from COVID-19. Canada is recognized around the world for high standards when it comes to vaccine review, approvals, and monitoring systems. Only vaccines that are safe and effective will be approved for use in Canada. And after the vaccine is approved for use, evidence on safety and effectiveness is reviewed by the National Advisory Committee on Immunization, who provide recommendations on immunizations for individuals and for public health programs. And I certainly agree. Vaccines make your immune system stronger. They build antibodies to help prevent diseases. Immunization is safe. And it is certainly much safer to get immunized than to get the COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Another question. Um, if a person has recovered from COVID-19, can they still get a COVID-19 vaccine? Yes. It is recommended that they be immunized. There is no mandatory waiting period between having COVID-19 disease and being immunized. However, it is recommended that the people wait until they are feeling better. So persons should not be offered COVID-19 vaccine if they have active respiratory symptoms, confirmed or suspected COVID-19 infection, or other symptoms of acute illness. Immunization can be given once they are feeling better. We do not want to put other stress on the body when it's working to fight an existing illness. Right. And we are hoping that once the vaccine has reached general population, it will make a huge difference. I agree. I think we all like to see the days of COVID behind us. Mm -hmm. We are all experiencing COVID fatigue. However, we still need to take all the precautions, even after the vaccine has been administered, as many individuals around us may not have been vaccinated. And I know everyone is looking forward to when we no longer have to wear masks. But speaking of masks, I think it's still very important that we wear them. There are already still discussions about the new variants. I was certain that you would bring up the new variant because this is quite important. So these variants, are, are we, we refer to them as variants of consent. This is re, the, recently, the, the new variant strains of COVID-19 were identified in the United Kingdom, South Africa, and Brazil. They are referred to as variants of consent because they spread more easily than other strains and thus are more contagious. So while um, early research is not clear whether these new variants tend to cause more severe illness in individuals, there is concern about the impact on our communities if such COVID-19 variant virus become common. The increased spread of COVID-19 will result in more illness, hospitalization, and death. These new variants have been identified in many other countries around the world. And work is underway by the international scientific and public health communities to better understand the biological significance of these variant strains. Um, 
including how the current vaccines may help protect against them. Yeah, and I'd like to to add that the symptoms of this new variant are the same as the usual COVID-19 symptoms, which include cough, fever, shortness of breath, runny nose, sore throat, and so on. All these individuals could be asymptomatic, that is, have no symptoms at all. So while the new variant of concern spread more easily, they are believed to spread in the same way as the usual virus. This means that the same type of preventive strategies are in effect. However, the new variant can take advantage of any relaxation of those preventive measures. And I do think it's important to note that there's ongoing testing for these new variants, right? That's right. But due to the new variants, we're seeing increased restrictions in travel as the country is trying to prevent these new variants from spreading. At the same time, provinces are reopening certain facilities and activities such as sport leagues, pools, etc. It's interesting that you talked about travel restrictions. Um, So if someone has traveled into Alberta from abroad, um, are they required to quarantine? Anyone who is either entering or returning to Alberta from outside Canada is legally required to quarantine for 14 days. Okay, and I see. And since you mentioned about quarantine, uh, we all know from our previous videos and podcasts that anyone who's been tested for COVID-19 is legally required to isolate for a minimum of 10 days and that the isolation period is for 10 days that's from the start of the symptoms or until symptoms resolve, whichever takes longer. And then the close contacts of the COVID-19 cases um, are legally required to quarantine for 14 days and then monitor their symptoms from the time they were exposed to someone who tested positive for COVID-19. In the case of a household, if the person who has been tested positive for COVID-19 is able to isolate in a separate room with access to a separate bathroom, the household close contacts can start their quarantine period that the day the case started isolating. However, if the case is unable to isolate in a separate room, every day the case is isolating at home is considered a new exposure or what we call a sustained contact. Household contacts must quarantine during the case's isolation period, which is 10 days, plus an additional 14 days after the case's um, isolation period ends. Yeah, very well explained in details. I just want to add that um, in the case of the variant COVID-19, there are some, um, there are some differences. For example, we should note that in the COVID-19 um, variant case, isolating in the same household is not considered adequate to prevent transmission of the variant COVID-19 to other people in the same household because it is highly contagious. So what this means is that if someone is confirmed to have a case of the variant COVID-19, he is advised to isolate in a different location if possible, such as an isolation hotel. 
So even if the individual can't isolate at home in a separate room with access to a separate bathroom that is not, not, not having common shared spaces, this may not be enough to prevent transmission to other members of the household. Like I said, it is highly contagious. So every day the case is isolating at home is considered a new exposure to the household contacts. So household contacts or variant cases must quarantine during the case's isolation period, that is the 10 days, plus an additional 14 days after the case's isolation period ends. So we're having a, a, a period, a total period of 24 days. Mm -hmm. And so just as a reminder to our dear listeners, this means we need to be even more diligent, even though we can be getting tired of this. Um, so it's very important that we continue to wash our hands, wear masks, practice physical distancing, staying at home when we're sick, getting tested if we have any symptoms of COVID-19, and of course, follow all public health measures in effect. These are critical steps to preventing the spread of the virus, regardless of what strain it is. Absolutely. And I might just say that um, there are most stringent recommendations regarding masks at the moment to ensure a secure fit. Some are even suggesting more layers for everyone's safety. Yes, and we've seen the adoption of new guidelines around masks in some places and even stricter fines. Yeah, and with all this together, we will fight this virus. So we're encouraging everyone to be positive but test negative and to get vaccinated when you can. Okay, so we will be continuing our dialogue on this in the future and addressing our listeners' questions around this. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being with us and stay safe. Stay safe, everyone.